0: Hey, this is Melvin. We're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I thought it would be fun just to share some of the most popular episodes as well as some of my most favorite episodes from uh, Selling the Couch. I've had over 200 episodes now, and I know that for me, listening to some of these old episodes, I always pick up something and learn something new. So I hope that you enjoy today's session. launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. We'll get right to today's session. Here we go. Hello. Hello. Welcome to session 224 of selling the couch. Hope you're having an awesome day. So today's session is a uh, one that I've been looking forward to doing for a long time. I know that this is a topic that comes up a lot in our community, which is the process of hiring a virtual assistant and what that process is like, what it's like to work with a virtual assistant, what things I can delegate, all of those things and My own virtual assistant journey has been, well, it's been smooth (laughs) the last uh, three years, but before that, it was a little bit rough. I actually, my current virtual assistant, who I've worked with for three years, we actually just celebrated our three-year anniversary last month. But prior to using Nicole, I actually went through two previous VAs. And so the first virtual assistant I hired I was you know, looking back and what I realized is I needed help with things for selling the couch, but I was not very clear on what I needed. And I think what ended up happening is it left them feeling overwhelmed and it left me feeling overwhelmed. And then there was like, I think different expectations in terms of quality of work and stuff like that. And it just didn't work out. The second one, I this is actually something that you should not do. But I tried to like think about just costs and keeping costs down, so I hired my second virtual assistant, just factoring in costs and looking at quality, but like that was sort of a secondary or tertiary thing, and as you can probably imagine where that went, it did not it did not work out the way I imagined. I remember around that time I read this book by John Maxwell and called The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which I think every private practitioner should read. But in that book, he mentioned that your virtual assistant or your executive assistant is like the most important hire for your business. And I was uh, doing some research for for this podcast episode and I came across this great quote by John Maxwell. And he said, the bigger your goals, the more help you're going to need in reaching them. The definition of a nightmare is a big dream and a bad team. And I just thought that was such a a good way of putting it. And for me, I realized that in order for Sign the couch to grow, I would really have to step back and I would have to focus on the one to two things that I was really strong at. And I think for me, those strong suits are being like sort of a visionary and then actually like going in and creating things. Hiring a virtual assistant was extremely hard. Selling the couch is my is my baby. You know, I literally started this in a home office. If for you guys that don't know the story of the podcast, I literally recorded the first few sessions on a TV stand that we bought from Target. I had some old like grad school textbooks and that's how I recorded and but I knew that I had to hire out because it was just long-term, it was just not sustainable for my own mental health and all of those things. And I found my current virtual assistant, Nicole Dennison, through a colleague and a friend, Laura Reagan. Laura, if you're listening, shout out to you, who raved about Nicole. And I trusted Laura. And that's like a, a tip that I could give you is ask colleagues or ask people that you trust if they have a virtual assistant and and what they like about them. and and that's like a good kind of tip. We wanted to, well, I wanted to create this episode is because one, hiring a virtual assistant is is kind of step one, right? But step two and beyond is clearly communicating where I need help. And so with this episode, I wanted to share some of the lessons and tips that I've learned along the way. So with this session, I thought maybe I'll record a solo, but actually I have a little surprise for you. So I'm joined by my awesome virtual assistant, Nicole Dennison. Hey, Nicole.
1: Hey, Melvin. How are you?
0: (laughs) Good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing great. I was like nerdily excited for this conversation because I tell you this like privately, but like you have been such a blessing in my life, not just for STC, but like, especially in the last like year and a half, you know, with like, Chloe and you know the whole NICU experience and everything like I mean I don't think STC would exist like were it not for you because like you really pick me up in so many areas where I just like I didn't have I was just no way I could have managed it you know and so I'm just so grateful for you
1: well that is the same here Melvin because i really enjoy the work that we do together and everything that i get to be a part of in helping and supporting stc because i i firmly believe in your mission and the work that i do brings me joy every day so i appreciate you for that and i thank you for that
0: no you're welcome i i think we've i feel like generally we we have like it's been smooth for us but And we're going to talk a little bit about this, because I think, you know, it might be like, oh, did you get just lucky with it? But I think they were like some underlying things. And so, as I mentioned at the beginning, we've we just passed our three year anniversary. And we wanted to just share a little bit about, you know, some of the things that we do on a frequent basis in order to make sure that one, Nicole is working in her strengths, and she's uber clear about what I need help with. Yeah. And then we'll kind of go from there. So Nicole, I I wrote out a couple of notes and and maybe we can even just expand on some of this stuff. But the first thing we always do is we always do a 30 minute weekly check-in meeting, right? We do this over, we usually do it over phone now, right? But sometimes we'll get on Zoom if we need to like screen share. I think you had the idea initially for that meeting.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's a policy of mine to always have a weekly check-in call with clients, I think it's very important. In small business, things move really fast. And I think it's very important to connect verbally, even though email is a great tool and without it, we would be lost and slack and we have all these great things. But to connect verbally and really ask what's going on is so important to understand first, just kind of the whole picture of like, what's happening on the personal end, on the business end to kind of know what I can expect from you, what you need more support with at that time and and, and so forth. And I think the second thing then is to make sure that the objectives haven't changed because sometimes in business, it moves so quickly that you need to change stuff from week to week. So it's good to just do a little check-in and get a pulse on that and make sure that everything is clear.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one of the things I've really appreciated is, like, I like the fact we do 30-minute meetings because At least for me, it forces me to like focus on the two to three things that I really need to talk to you about versus like, I don't know if we did like a 60 minute meeting or 90 minute meeting one, I feel like, I don't know, I just, I like that they're succinct because it helps us to be intentional.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's that that can be a little bit different for everyone, especially like when you first start off with an assistant, sometimes you need a little bit more time because there are things they just don't know about you yet. But as time goes on, for sure, like half an hour is good enough, and sometimes even 15 minutes can be good enough because you're you establish a routine. You know, longevity is important, and then you establish a routine, and you are up to speed on most things. So then the quick the check ins are are really quick.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I and when I I was going to mention the other aspect of this. So I think the big reason we can do these 30 minute meetings is we actually. Now we're doing about, what, two times a year, right? We do these longer meetings where we'll do like a, we'll block out like three to four hours and it's like our visioning meetings, right?
1: Yeah, so we do our strategic planning sessions, looking at you know, the bigger picture all the way down. You know, it's kind of starting looking at what we want to do, bigger picture and the mission that we have, and then bringing that all the way down to, these are the objectives for the quarter, these are the objectives for the month, and these are what we need to, these are the items that we need to do. So we have, we actually, essentially, are left with our to-do list, which is a super helpful guide to help us not get lost in the weeds or get caught up in the shiny ball syndrome. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, and that's always, I think, a struggle for all of us chasing those like shiny balls. When you were talking, like, it made me like think of something, which is this is like so like overly simple. But we, what we do, but we literally have that one Excel document that's like an overview document, and within that document, we have every month. And what's happening in that month, right? And I think to your point, like, I think that's been really helpful for me because I love creating, but sometimes I can get overwhelmed and kind of stuck in the trees, you know, where I forget, oh, yeah, this is the reason why we're doing this.
1: Yeah, so I think it's really helpful having that having that all laid out, like, oh, this month is going to be all about this, and these are the three things that are happening, and next month will be this. It's, it's a really awesome guide to, oh, yeah, I've got to send this out to a person or, you know, whatever the case. So having these lists and having these set up objectives in this Excel is just hugely helpful, especially, you know, our lives are not all, every day is not easy equal. Sometimes we're sick. Sometimes things are happening in the family. Whatever the case is going on, when you have something like that, that's like a staple that you can go back to. It's hugely helpful for times like that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So we started with this Excel document. And I think, was it last year that we started the whole process street thing?
1: Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. It was with the birth, I think, of Chloe, just you know, kind of kind of saying, okay, time to let go of some stuff because I have to prepare for, you know, the birth of the baby and so forth. And so setting up some systems. and
0: Yeah, no. And for those of you guys that are listening, if you haven't heard of it, there's several of these. Um, there's like another one called Sweet Process. Um, we use one called Process Street. And basically what it does is it's a piece of software. What's well, a website that you can log in. And it, what it allows you to do is it allows you to take a task and then break that task down into smaller steps. And within each of those smaller steps, you can add things like videos or add like a, if you have a script for doing a certain thing or a certain way of sending out an email, you can put that into there so that someone like your virtual assistant can go right in, get that checklist, and they can literally go down the checklist. This, I've mentioned this book before, The E Myth Revisited. It's a great book that I I think every private practitioner should also read. And in that book, they say, you know, the most important businesses, they focus on having a consistent system. And that's what we're trying to do with uh, with process street. This is something that I started doing this year, the first Thursday of every month for an hour, I will just set aside to work on processes within like stuff, basically stuff that's in my head that maybe I haven't articulated well to Nicole. So...
1: And it's so good because we have that little place where you can stash short videos. So if you want to, you know, do that Zoom screen sharing and record short videos, like two minute snips on, oh, this is how I do a thing. And then here's the information that you need. So then you can put the information that someone needs, like, you know, whatever it is, you know, whatever information you need to share and then the video and then a checklist. So that's kind of cool. So you have all the goodies in one place. And I, I like that about Process Street.
0: Yeah, and I think even like if even if I don't know, we've we've talked about this, like eventually maybe like hiring someone to like, you know, handle like customer service, for example, right. Um, And the nice thing is, Nicole doesn't need to like, Nicole and I would probably need to train the person a little bit, but we also have everything written down in in Process Street, where it's almost like here's the template, you know. And so once we kind of teach them that, it just makes it a lot easier, not just for the present moment, but also for like future hiring as well.
1: Yeah, so it does help make things repeatable, and not for anything, but after a business owner has been away from something for a while, once you do delegate it, it's very easy to forget. thing like forget what you have to do when you have to do it and so like if anything should happen you know life circumstances change somebody could get sick they could go away whatever happens then you could go back and go oh yeah that's right this is the way I did the thing or you know whatever you need to know so and it's kind of funny that does happen
0: well it totally happened the other month because remember I hadn't done like webinar like registration sign up that whole process in a while uh Nicole and you would reach out and you were like hey can you remind me like one more time how you do this? And I was like, oh, well, I got to redo it all again. And yeah, and it's totally true. Like I hadn't done it in a while. And I was like, oh yeah, what do I do again? So.
1: Yeah. And I go, you know, it's really great for stuff that doesn't, you know, isn't going to change every single day too. Like I still have some trusty notes that I use from, you know, the very beginning years ago and they're still serving me well. So that's always great. Like if you, you know, part of thinking through having a VA is also thinking through some systems that you'll have around for a while. And the more you can do that, that's really helpful on the other side too
0: yeah uh, Nicole, I know you've worked with you know some private practitioners in the past, and I can definitely like think through some of this with you, but like what would be some examples of like processes that you know like a virtual assistant could help a private practitioner with
1: so every virtual assistant is really different this we have there are virtual assistants that do you know, QuickBooks and all sort of financial support. There are VAs who do marketing support, customer service, general operations. My mix happens to be more in general operations because my background is in supporting small businesses from the beginning. And I had to do that in a really entrepreneurial way. And mine is that with a mix of a little um, customer service and sales, because I love working with people. Not everybody's like that. Some people love to go on the back end and only work on your website. So I would recommend recommend for people to get clear on what they need. And I think that people are, so first of all, get clear on what you need and what you're looking for. Like you want this person to be super focused on building out your website all the time and kind of dealing with the super detail of the techie stuff? And, or do you want a more high level person that's going to help you on the strategic end? Or do you want a mix? Okay. We call that goat and eagle in the VA world. The goat kind of grazes and is in the weeds and like doing like right there, super focused and close up in that field. The eagle's 30,000 feet above and looking down and looking at the big picture of everything that's going on. And so in our, In the VA world at my school, which was Assist You, we would talk about the goat eagle mix and are you a goat? Are you an eagle? Are you a mix? And why? And whatever. And so it's just kind of keeping that perspective. Okay. And then I always think that it's really important to look at the soft skills in a person. So Are your values aligned? How do you feel about communication? Do you love email and they love email? Or do you like to communicate via text? And if you do, is that okay with them? And, you know, those kinds of things sound very silly. But those kinds of things are very important because they, they really matter. Like you have to be able to connect in a way that's going to be effective for both of you. And if one person is communicating one way and someone else is communicating completely differently, it doesn't work out. So I would say if you have a conversation with a VA and you, and you, it doesn't feel right, like something is a little off, like you're, you're kind of right away not just sort of not picking up on, on what each other is, you know, saying, it just feels a little clunky, take that as a cue that it probably isn't going to work out. And every, if everything, if it feels really good and that person seems like they have, you know, some of the hard skills that you're looking for, but definitely all the soft skills, go for it and invest in the person and just to spend a little time explaining things and training them because it's so worth it. So that's what I'll say about that.
0: Yeah, that's like such a good, like, I mean, a lot of like really good pearls of wisdom. So I think I wanted to ask you a couple of things. So you actually did formal training to be a virtual assistant through Assist U, right? Yes. So, how do you think that formal training has set you apart, like as a virtual assistant, if that makes sense?
1: Sure. So, and there are different. The v- a virtual assistant is really a broad word, by the way, I have to say, because there are people that are, there are people that are called virtual assistants and their whole job is to answer a phone and they've never taken any training in their life about how to run a business or how to do work, you know, how to, how to work in an office setting or just that different skill set. So I just, I also want to be clear in that VA is a broad term, but for me, I did go to school at AssistU and what AssistU did was they taught you how to take all of, you know, take your skills that you have as an assistant, whatever they were, and to apply them to virtual business. And they also have another component, I will say, in that The people who go there to that particular program are very heart based. So we do what we do because we love it. So, and all of the Assist U VAs are like that. And I'm not like trying to plug Assist U, but they are they they are really fantastic in that way. Like they, Anastasia Bryce, who's the owner of Assist U, started the company because she really cared about the business, you know, the mission, which was to serve people in a in in a very effective way, but to care about their businesses as if there are businesses. So for that community, that's a big component. And it was, you know, it's about that as much as it's about running a virtual practice. And we took away both things.
0: Well, I mean, it's I'm glad you said that because like for me as the owner, I think that was one of the main issues with my first two virtual assistants because I felt like to them, like it felt like when I was giving them things, it was like more a task to be done. Whereas like, I know like you care about STC, you know, like you it's not just like, I don't know, it's funny, like Susan, and I like talk about this, like this kind of like perspective, but like people who really care about your business, like it was their own, like that's really hard to find, you know, I don't know, I, I just wanted to say like, I appreciate you saying that because I think that's like such a subtle thing, but like a really important thing.
1: It is. And because some people just show up, just like at a job, some people show up for the paycheck, you know, and they're like, okay, I'll answer your phones, pay me $10 an hour, whatever it is, you know, but they don't like really get that every phone call that comes in is a person and it's important with the outcome for that person or something like that, you know, so like, so like, that's sort of the difference is that deeper level of care. And it's also kind of keeping up with your skills You know, there are certain core values that that we have as far as paying attention to what's going on across the board. There are talks and sometimes like webinars or chats that take place um, or articles posted by the members and by the founder in our community to keep us abreast of what's happening so that we can better support you. So I think being part of a community is a really cool thing. Not all virtual assistants are part of a community you know, and there are other communities. That's not the only one. It's more of my, assist you is more of an intimate community. But there are, you know, there's like the National Association of Virtual Assistants too. And there are some other communities out there. But I think that a person being part of a community has a cool element in itself because they are able to tune into like-minded people and, you know, keep up with their skills and that that kind of thing as well.
0: Right. And I was thinking like the other benefit is I know like I've asked you for this a couple of like times in the past where you know I've said like hey do you know anyone in your network that does blank because like we both realize like that may not be an area that we necessarily have experience in you know and you've been able to go back and and say you know like let me ask and you know
1: and VAs love to share information i mean we are Super nerdy in that way. Like we love to share information. So when we get together, we talk about all kind everything that you can imagine. So it's really nice that if you have that and you can tap into it and get whatever it is, a web developer or a good, you know, printer or whatever you know, whatever it is that you're looking for at
0: that time. No, absolutely. For those of you guys who are like taking notes and things like that. So again, our our first point is weekly check-in meetings. The second one is Spending time writing down your process so that ultimately you can delegate things. The third thing is make sure that your virtual assistant kind of shares your values, your vision, as well as your expectations. The fourth thing, which I wanted to spend a little, just a little bit of time, is we use Slack, which is a, I don't know that we're using it to its full capacity, but I find it helpful. And I would love to like hear your perspective on it. But like basically, Slack is a program that you can, within Slack, you can create different channels. And the way we do it is we create a channel for every product or service that we offer. So there's a channel for the STC blog. There's a channel for the STC podcast. There's a channel for the STC directory. There's a channel for health casters. There's a channel for like emails that are going out. And within each channel, you can invite members. So for example, STC blog, you know, um, I have access to it. Nicole has access to it. And then my website developer has access to it as well. There's one for like STC videos where a videographer might have access, things like that. And so I'm curious like, to hear from you, Nicole, like what, what's that process been like for you just having that Slack channel and has that been helpful?
1: I love Slack. Yeah, I think Slack is phenomenal. It's a really powerful tool and, you know, we use Slack, we use text, we use different and it it all works for us. But Slack is, it's fantastic because you can just pop something up really quick and share it if you need to. You can keep a separation of ideas in there. If you are a person who likes that constant, you know, sort of constant contact kind of thing, your VA could keep slack up on their computer and you can have it up and so it's like a chat you know sort of a chat feature too so it does a lot of different things
0: which i know i I haven't done that with slack but i think it's because i think i would get really distracted if i
1: i same here for personally i do i do think i i don't open it all the time unless i know something's coming in or if that's a regular communication method because it is a, a regular communication method with one client and I check it daily. I sort of just pop in and check it daily. And so, like, those are the little things that it's good to work out with your VA, you know, and talking to the group here is just like, hey, you know, how often do we want to be using this? Or, you know, how do you feel about that? Is that distracting or is that, you know, those are some questions and things to keep in mind. Yeah.
0: No, absolutely. And I think one thing I had done is, you know, for us, I think we'll text if we absolutely need to, but we try to keep things within. Slack and then with an email just so that we have like a nice record and it's organized. But one thing we usually do is I'll, you know, I'll say, Hey, Nicole, I Slacked you. Like I'll send a text, you know, just so that she has a heads up or, you know, I know Nicole does that for me as well.
1: Yes. Thanks for clarifying. Cause it is, it is, I would say overall, stay out of text with specific instructions for work and things like that it's not that great because it's it's hard to refer back to things can get lost in text strings it's not like super clean and neat so I do recommend as much as possible for people to like stick to slack stick to email when they're delivering specific instructions or directions for things or it's just it just makes things a whole lot easier.
0: I think the the last point I wanted to mention, and this is something that I learned actually from like John Lee Dumas and Kate Erickson a couple of years ago, but you've really encouraged me to do this. And I've like, I've been trying to do it. And so, which is basically, I have a a list. It can be on like a Word document or it can be like on Evernote or whatever it is. Right. But I have a a list or a sheet of paper and it's, it's three different columns and the first column is automate. The second column is delegate and the second and the third column is batch. So automate is basically tasks that I'm doing in my business that I can use some sort of piece of technology to, to do it more efficiently. For example, if I am, I don't know, sending out emails, right? Instead of me logging in on Saturday or Sunday, me or Nicole logging in on Sunday morning to send out a, The STC Weekly Newsletter, we pre-schedule that. Delegate is basically tasks that I can, that I can, that somebody else can do. And the general rule that I've been following is, you know, if somebody can do something 80% of the quality that I can do it, then I usually consider delegating it. And then the last thing is batching. So batching is basically this idea of doing one task, for example, like a podcast interview, over and over, like in a block chunk of time. So for example, sometimes I'll do like three podcast interviews back to back to back because I already have everything set up. And at the end of that, I have three weeks worth of episodes. So what I would encourage you to do is create a list like that and constantly be updating it. Ideally, what you want to do is you want to have every task in all of those. And especially for me, I know the hardest one, the hardest column sometimes to fill is that delegate one, but that's usually probably the column that you actually need to fill and be the most aware of. Nicole, I wanted to just hear your thoughts on that because I feel like, to be honest, like I feel like I'm I'm okay at it. Like I feel like I could do a better job because even you reminded me a couple of weeks ago when we had our meeting, you're like, hey, I want to take some more stuff off your plate. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs>
1: So I think that what you're doing is fantastic, okay? Now, you are actually very organized. Not everybody is as organized as you. So I appreciate you for that. that is, that's a fantastic way to look at it. I think that you can also, people can also talk to their VAs and sort of say, well, these are all the things that I have going on. What do you think You know, I could delegate easily to you? What do you feel comfortable taking on? And that can be a conversation as much as it can be an internal process just for you. Now, for you, you know me so well that you know what I can handle for you and what I can't and everything else. So you can easily do that. I think if you're just getting, if someone's just getting to know someone You know, they can have that conversation and a VA can help a person identify what can be delegated as well if they're sort of unsure. And the way they can do that is by creating a task list of all the things that they're working on right now, like everything, or even, you know, putting it into categories. Like, this is everything I'm doing for sales. This is everything I'm doing for operations. And then pulling from that and deciding, okay, this is and and I would encourage an owner to look at things that they really don't love and isn't in their strength or you know, their genius zone or whatever you want to call it. And and they want somebody who does it better than they do. So that's the other thing to sort of look at is what is someone else gonna do that's they'll maybe they'll do a better job. And I have to thank you in that you're always like, Hey, do you think you can do a thing? And then you ask me and then I go away and I do something. And you're, you're not always set stuck to the process, meaning you're willing to give me the liberty to do something the way that I want to do it as long as it gets done. And I think having that grace is so helpful for everyone. Because a lot of times an a business owner would be pleasantly surprised to find that the thing that they want done can be done better than what you know they thought, so let go a little bit like it's a process. it's not always easy to do that up front, especially if if you haven't done it before, but I think that those are all important things to think about,
0: yeah, and I think like to that point, like it has definitely been a process because I think we've gotten to know each other over these three years, and even like right like this week we're dealing with something right like we've uh, there's a I'm creating a new like a podcasting quick start like a like a book, and so I wrote out like the content on a word document, and I sent it over to Nicole, and I was like, Hey, can you just make this pretty and <laughs> and I told her I said, You know I trust your vision with it, you know like and i i don't know i i just i I think we've just gotten to a point where i where I trust you with it, and for me, it's also like i one of the things that i'm like Trying to really develop in terms of like leadership is like trusting people in their competence as opposed to me needing to micromanage everything because it just feels like it adds needless stress and needless time to stuff like all around.
1: Yeah, that can be really, it can be stressful when, when that happens. And it's, you know, things, well, first of all, that project is super fun. So that was so fun. And, but I think, you know, it definitely can add sp- stress when, when, if you feel that you need to micromanage a process or people are trying to micromanage a process and maybe that process wasn't even that efficient to begin with, like, (laughs) or things might need to be changed as things shift in the business too. So it's just good to sort of have that, Conversation with yourself, I think, as a business owner, because I know it can be difficult. Like as an owner, you want everything to be good, and we have a tendency to want to (laughs) control, like control everything, make sure everything is delivered at the quality level that we want. But I think it's also important to like just realize that things, and and not everything will be perfect all the time. Especially in the beginning, there might be a couple of, of small mistakes. So do that with do that sort of gently. Pick stuff. That it's okay if mistakes are made initially, and then move into forward-facing things that were that are outward to the client and stuff. You know, I would say like it's sort of a, a process that evolves, but do build in that grace. Yeah,
0: no, that's a, a great point. And by forward-facing, you mean like things that
1: directly diver- delivered to clients directly, you know, impacting the business. Right.
0: So work on smaller tasks that may not be like as client-facing. So that you get a system and you see how you communicate and all those things.
1: Yeah, if you have somebody work on the back end on something for you that's like behind the scenes, it gives you a sense of how they work, their style, their flow. Did they get it when you you were talking about a concept? it just you know you learn you start to learn about a person and then and then you can be more comfortable with it as time goes on like I think when we started off you know it was very simple a simple stuff like hey you know we need to set up a web page we need to do this or that it was a systematized set of things that I could get going with and then as you have conversations you learn more and more about the strength so
0: yeah yeah it's definitely like a long-term like vision and then it's like I must like see it as like building it brick by brick, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, there are people who can hit the ground running with, it depends on the work, you know, it depends on the work. But initially, if you are unsure about that, it's good to just dip your toe in the water, if you will, and then get started with a couple of projects in the back end and give grace with those projects initially, instead of giving these big, huge, meaty projects and then wanting to control all the pieces of it, give the stuff that you feel comfortable giving. And work your way from there.
0: Such good advice. Nicole, I'm so grateful for you. Time like flew by where I know you guys are probably like listening to this interview and being like, I want to hire Nicole. So, Nicole, I know you're not actually taking a new client, but you do have a great resource if someone is looking for a virtual assistant. I want to make sure all of that was accurate. So, let me know if that's not. So.
1: Yes, that is accurate. So my practice is currently full, but you guys can go to assistyou.com and that's the place where I did my virtual training and they are phenomenal. If you need extra help in figuring out how to work with a VA, Anastasia Bryce, who's the owner does have a program for you as well. It's called Gold, the Gold Package, and you can. she would like walk you through filtering out all the VAs and all the stuff. So if you need help with that, you can get that. Or you could just go simply put up a post with some information that assists you, guide you through step-by-step how to put it in, and then virtual assistants will respond to you based on what you're looking for with that criteria. And it's pretty detailed, which is a powerful thing for you. It's a good thing because they're going to find the right people for you. So check it out if you need a VA.
0: Awesome. Nicole, thank you again for doing this and have a great rest of your day. And I'll see you Thank soon. you so
1: much for having me. And you have a good rest of your day too. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.
0: Hey there. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation with my virtual assistant, Nicole. And especially if you are in a season where you are feeling overwhelmed as a business owner and you are realizing much like I did, painfully realizing that you need some extra help. I hope that today's podcast session has just been super helpful for you. These lessons, I, I feel like they were <laughs> learned in many ways through the fire, and I'm constantly still learning. And one of the most interesting things I think about having a ritual assistant is that in some ways, one, it's made me a better leader. And then two, I think it's made me. Learn and continue to want to learn to communicate more effectively. So, using all of these tools like Process Street, Slack, Loom is a new tool that I'm using, which basically allows you to record a screen of you like doing something, or you can actually just record your face, or you can do a combo of a screen and a face. And then, after that recording is done, you can actually just Loom gives you like a website URL that you can just paste directly into like a Slack channel or an email or anything like that. So I think just using these tools and, and and having a VA, I think it's just for me it's I mean I mentioned at the beginning, I don't think selling the couch would want to exist to the level that it, it it's it is now. Um, and I don't think it would hiring a virtual assistant for me hasn't just been about hiring someone so that they can take some tasks off my plate. What it's really meant is that these tasks get taken out so that I free up my time to focus on, one, things that I'm passionate about, and then, two, for me, it allows me to spend time with my family. Like, for example, the Selling the Couch newsletter. That gets sent every week. I will do some final edits on it, but Nicole, by and large, handles that newsletter on, she usually writes those on Thursdays or Fridays, Fridays are daddy-daughter days. And because she is able to do that, I get to spend my moments with Chloe and we get to hang out. And so for me, it's just hiring a virtual assistant is about the work that gets taken off your plate, but it's ultimately about the, the time that's saved and the time that's freed up in order to focus on the other life things that are equally and if not more so important. Have a great rest of your day and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session, and especially if this is your second time listening to this podcast session, I hope that you've picked up just a a new level of insight and something that helps you on your private practice journey. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. As I mentioned at the beginning, uh, we'll be back with new episodes very soon. And before we wrap up again, just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Um, I actually wanted to use this time just to talk a little bit more about not just the director, but what we're doing and what my big vision for STC is. You know, as Selling the Couch grows, uh, what really weighs on me is How do we use um, our influence and how do we use the resources? And for me, how do I steward well um, all of what I'm creating? And so we're actually taking 50% of the profits from directory sales to create a scholarship fund for kids who have been rescued from brothels in the commercial sex trade. Um, When I was a grad student, I um, was very fortunate to worked three weeks in Bombay, India with the NGO and with social workers in Kamatipura, which is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. Um, it's the largest red light district in Asia. And uh, I spent three weeks there um, spent uh, a day right in the heart of the center uh, of the red light district, um, going into brothels. With, um, with, with the social workers, um, doing lots of education on everything from HIV/AIDS um, all the way to uh, trying to figure out what what some of these workers the challenges they were facing, and I spent the majority of my time about five hours away um, helping at a school where the kids of these workers um, were were and uh, just to teaching different classes uh getting to spend time with them reading bedtime stories to the little ones and uh, ever since all of that happened i just have always felt like man if i ever get the chance to do some big things in the world i want to make sure that uh everything i create uh leads to something way bigger than me and so um and fortunately selling the couch happened and now the stc directory is happening and so this is where uh I'm hoping that, you know, we can dedicate our time and our resources. And I really have some big plans as we go forward with this. Again, you can learn more about the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Be sure to enter the promo code podcast to get your first month absolutely free. Have a great rest of your day and uh, I will see you next time.